We've gone through every team's NFL draft, division by division, team by team here on Peacock and Williamson. Now it's time to talk rookie fantasy, specifically Matt Williamson's rookie dynasty rankings on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of PNW is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right. So shout out to the everydayers. Those of you that listen yeah. to this program, I know we've been kind of teasing this for a while. And now that we've done all the, the post-draft reviews of all the teams and all the players, Matt, we have a pretty good idea of how these players are going to start to look and start to fit in. And OTAs are starting around the league. We might have some news about that later on in the week. But let's focus on these rookies now in the NFL. And everybody out there knows that Matt also co-hosts the Locked On Dynasty podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Been doing fantasy analysis for years, decades, I might even say, Matt. I think that would be accurate. And yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's get into this rookie class and, and your okay. dynasty rankings. So like, uh, I, for me, when I do dynasty rankings, I'm not looking nine years ahead. I'm looking two, three years ahead, right? So, mm-hmm. you, want, so you, want, you want dynasty rookies that are good still now, you know, so it is pertinent to just – year-long fantasy leagues but you know you're also looking ahead a little bit and maybe there's a running back that needs a little bit of help before he actually becomes a guy but you love the player so much that that factors into a dynasty ranking maybe a little bit more than a than a year-long fantasy league so looking at a long-term dynasty outlook for these uh these rookies in a in a fantasy perspective let's start with quarterbacks and, and get into your rankings this season yeah, so real quick, I'm not super impressed with this class overall. I mean, there's not a Jamar Chase wide receiver. Great that it's a great tight end class, but tight ends, you know, anyone who plays fantasy realizes that's not, uh, you're not something you're probably going to draft that super high. The quarterbacks are intriguing, and then we're going to dig into that right away. Um, so I have Anthony Richardson clearly number one, and I have heard arguments that, I would take Stroud or Young over Richardson because in eight years, I think Young or Stroud has a better chance to be a starter than Richardson. And I'll combat that by saying I don't really care, to be honest with you, because if I draft Richardson and two years from now he's out of the league, well, then I'll just trade something cheap for Kirk Cousins or Aaron Rodgers or Matthew Stat. Like, you can get quarterbacks cheap in non-super flex leagues and dynasty all the time. You know, I can get Derek Carr for a third-round rookie pick. You know, like Chase Brown might be worth more than Derek Carr in some people's eyes right now. So you can always get someone that you can live with. So I'm always going to swing for the fences and try to find, well, let's just use these names. Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, RG3, Colin Kaepernick. You know, guys that were extremely fantasy-relevant before they were even good quarterbacks, let alone good passers. It's what we saw from Justin Fields last year, right? So mm-hmm. you're probably hoping you're going to get yeah. something similar to 2022 Justin Fields 
which was his second year with rookie year Anthony Richardson, right? If you're putting him at QB1. Mm-hmm. Like, even if he's not quite there as a passer, there's too much explosive ability to create points in, in, the, in the run game and then, you know, a few throws here and there. Absolutely. So I think he'll be the opening day starter, but I'm not going to bet every dollar I own on that. But it won't be long no matter what before he's a starter. At a minimum, I can almost guarantee he'll be active week one with a Lamar rookie year package involved. You know, he's out there for 10 snaps a game, two drives, whatever. He's a total curveball. And you don't start him then, but at least you see him. You know, he's not just buried on the depth chart, and he won't be buried for long. And you we mentioned Fields, Allen, Hurts. In terms of a runner, he might be better than all of them. <laughs> I mean, it's possible. With his athleticism and in the the size that goes along with it, he's he's certainly yeah. one of the biggest and the most athletic. You look at Cam; he's a little more athletic than Cam. Cam was bigger. Justin Fields ran a little faster, I think, in his pro days, four four flat instead of Richardson's four four four. But that was at the combine, so like at least it's it's a tie with some of the you know the most athletic guys. You know, not counting Lamar Jackson that we can never count in any of these conversations, yeah. or you know Michael Vick maybe. And unlike a Vick or a Kyler. He will be the Hurts, Josh Allen goal line runner, too. I mean, there's going to be a lot of one-yard touchdowns in his future, too, which is great for fantasy. How often is the third quarterback in the draft your QB1 for fantasy immediately? Yeah, that is odd. But, I mean, it's more style of play. I mean, uh, certainly Lamar, he was, what, the fourth or fifth that year, Darnold, Rosen, et cetera, et cetera. He was immediately the QB1 in rookie drafts. You know I mean? Just because style of play – and people are smarter about that now than ever in terms of running. And, you know, some people didn't love Burrow, doesn't run enough. You know, and he was first pick in the draft. And frankly, I think that's a concern with Young and Stroud. And I don't think either one's going to be more than 200 yards a year, something like that. And you could argue the skill guys are better for Richardson than they are Young and Stroud as well. So, you know, more fantasy upside there. So the locked on dynasty league that you and I are in are, is two quarterbacks. Yeah. But Superflex is more and more popular, where you have to start one quarterback, but you can start two, and you're crazy if you don't. There is an argument that Richardson should be the first pick overall, but generally speaking, Bijan is a slam dunk in any format, especially standard stuff. But Richardson's in the conversation for number two in Superflex. I mean, that's how valuable he is. So you've got... The third quarterback selected this year in the draft as your QB1 for fantasy and dynasty yeah. going into the year. So how do Bryce Young and CJ Stroud that no doubt are, you know, the next two in some order, how do they rank for you? They're basically a dead tie. I mean, if someone out there or if you have a strong conviction of one versus the other, I'm all ears. Um, my biggest knock on Young from an NFL perspective, from, you know, from a Peacock and Williamson perspective was durability and size. Well, if he gets hurt, I can find Kirk Cousins for nothing. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't that doesn't change my tune all that much. Sure, I want my quarterback to play 17 games for fantasy. But if he doesn't, I can always find someone that's suitable. You know, I mean, so that doesn't kill him. I put Young over Stroud barely. I, I mean, I think he's a little bit more of a playmaker. I kind of like Stroud's weapons slowly developing in Houston right now. Like, that offense doesn't look horrific to me. And I think both these guys durability aside, should be solid starting NFL quarterbacks, which has a fair amount of value. But 
in terms of you know normal leagues, these guys are going in like the mid second round of, of rookie drafts where Richardson goes like six, seven, eight overall, something like that. So just to drive the point home of why Richardson is QB one in fantasy over Bryce mm-hmm. Young and CJ Stroud, uh, unless he's such a disaster that he's not on the field at all. You look back at what we just talked about, you know, that Justin Fields sort of uh, um, fantasy profile. That's better than, I mean, even than than better prospects that were number one pick quarterbacks that operate more from the pocket were as rookies, right? Like Justin right, Fields right, right. last year was more valuable in fantasy than Trevor Lawrence was as a rookie, right? He's more and, valuable than Aaron Rodgers. Right. You know, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So uh, that that's that's where the fantasy cheat code comes in. And obviously, you know, Bryce Young was drafted number one overall for a reason. But with the weapons sure. around him as a rookie, it's hard to project much early. And then obviously, if all these guys hit their ceiling, then Richardson's still more valuable. Yeah, I think so. I mean, especially a quarterback, I, I really only care about ceiling. You, you know, and I, I, I want I, I'm hoping to land the next Hertz Lamar. And those guys are going really high in redraft right now. Allen, Mahomes, of course. Um, I don't know that Young or Stroud can get there for fantasy. They may win six Super Bowls, but I don't think they can get there for fantasy where they're going to put up the numbers Allen or Hurts does every week. But they still have value, you know. And, you know, we'll talk about this in some other positions. I mean, if you're good at playing Dynasty, you look at things like you and I discussed these last couple weeks and say, well, the Panthers and the Texans, have a ton of cap space next year. You know, what do you think they're going to do? Well, they're probably going to sign a good receiver or somehow land a good receiver. You know, like it's going to get better for them as it has for fields. And, and another point you made about Kirk Cousins, you're probably starting Kirk Cousins over Bryce Young anyway. So you don't, you know, you're right. not even waiting for Bryce, like early. I'm talking rookie season wise, like to no start. Doubt. You know, if you have Young and Cousins, you're starting Cousins in week one and waiting to see on Bryce Young. So you don't have to wait for him to get hurt before you're putting cousins in there right but with anthony richardson if he's starting you're probably probably swinging for that upside and letting richardson start for you and and, you know maybe at least after you've seen a little bit probably you know depending who else you have or but yes i think that there's strong argument for that just based on run um so this is a conversation ryan and i have had for years on the air is dynasty is really interesting from what time of year it is. So like right now is rookie draft season galore. I'm in three of them as we speak that there's a pick like every hour somehow. And people are loving who Nathaniel Tank Dell, you know, boy, that's going to be my next rookie or whoever it is, Brenton Strange or whoever, you know, some rookie you think you're super smart on. But this is still a week to week game where Sunday morning you have to check a box to play somebody that's going to get you the most points. And that's not Tucker Craft or Nathaniel Dell. That's some boring, grizzled veteran like Kirk Cousin, you know? <laughs> right. Someone that's got, <laughs> got a, um, you know, a jersey on and right. they field a lot more and you're hoping they get that touchdown. Right. So, I mean, it, it, that's what's funny about playing Dynasty is if I, in my rookie draft, I'm trying to trade Kirk Cousins for a pick. Okay, and I'm not picking on Cousins. I'm going to get like a late second for him, which is like Roshan Johnson value. But the chances of me starting Cousins versus Roshan Johnson on week one is way different. Or even like when we talked about running backs, it's crazy. Like you can't get anything for Dalvin Cook right now. But he's going to start on every fantasy team in week one. 
All right, we got to finish up the quarterbacks yeah, here. Yeah. Not a very long conversation for the rest of the group after those first rounders. And then obviously running back is the position when it comes to fantasy and the player of this rookie class in B. John Robinson next. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. There's no better place to bet all the fantasy playoff action uh, than uh, America's number one, all the playoff action. i got fantasy on the brain right now. Um, <laughs> but there, it's not just NBA playoffs, by the way, at America's number one sports book, FanDuel. There's NHL playoffs happening. Of course, we got Major League Baseball, and there's NFL futures as well. Tons of NFL to bet on, even though it is the offseason. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, let's finish up the quarterback dynasty rookie rankings here for 2023, Matt. We've got Richardson, Young, Stroud is how you have them ordered up with a virtual tie between Young and Stroud. Now, there's a big gap between Will Levis because there was a big gap in how they're drafted, which means there's a big gap in how they're going to be played and, and allowed to play in the NFL. So my next question actually is, okay, Will Levis is your fourth quarterback. That shouldn't surprise anybody. Sure. But how big is the gap? And how many of these quarterbacks would you even draft in a dynasty league at this point if it was a one quarterback league versus a two quarterback league? Well, I mean, this is really going back. But I remember my first ever rookie draft. This, this tells you I have been doing this for decades. My last pick in the fourth round I'm going to take this short little quarterback from Wisconsin named Russell Wilson. I mean, they, there's some nice OTA buzz about him. I'll pick him up. They started him for 10 years, you know? So, like, <laughs> I mean, there's some value there. Remember, he was a third-round pick that, oh, he was a good football player, but he's short, blah, blah, blah. So, there's a better chance that Hendon Hooker, let alone even Jake Hayner, Stetson Bennett, is at least in the league five years from now versus Dwayne McBride or Sean Tucker or, so, you know, some – running back, but we always use the term roster clogger. Like if you, if you draft Will Levis this year, he's, you're not going to get one point out of him. Probably you're definitely not. Hooker is a perfect example. He might be worth grabbing in the third or fourth round because you might be happy about it five years from now in a Russell Wilson like manner, but that's a whole roster spot that sits there and gets you a zero all year. I mean, yeah. And then, and he's too valuable to drop. Right, you he's a roster he's, Yeah, so he just sits there on your roster and you have to hope for a couple of years. Nobody's going to trade for him or no one's beating down your door to get him, you know, unless something great happens. Levis, you know, they 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 bench Tannehill in week 10. Levis comes in and lights it up in week 11, you know, kind of like Purdy or whatever, you know. Like, well, I, think it's, I think that's not a crazy possibility. It's possible, yeah. And I think it's much more likely for Levis to play this year than Hidden Hooker. So I think there should yes. be a sort of he's in his own tier, right? He's with in his a own tier. Big gap after the first rounders. And I think there's a huge gap. And in, in, to be honest with you, I, I I wouldn't be super excited about drafting the rest of them. In a two-quarterback no. league, I might take a shot at, at Bennett just because you don't know what Stafford's shoulder is going to be like all year. But it would be tough yeah. to roster any of these guys after Levis. It is. I mean, that's to be really deep leagues. Clayton Toon might start the season, but he's no way he's a Cardinals long-term starter. But Levis does have a, a fair amount of value in any league. Because sure, he might be a roster clogger, but I'll bet almost everything I own, he's the Titans opening day starter next year. So that's not so bad to wait. So Levis four, and then what's in and Hooker five, what's your order for those mid-round quarterbacks then? They're kind of all the same. I, I went Hayner, 
Bennett, and I think Bennett actually has a pretty good chance to play this year for the Rams. Jaron Hall, Clayton Toon, but in a standard league, don't bother. And after those first nine, it's pretty much unrankable. And probably, I would yeah. guess, maybe your top seven after after Bennett, uh, I, I would guess there none of the other guys get drafted unless, and even in some two quarterback dynasty leagues. Right, I think that's one hundred percent true. Although it's this year because your boy Purdy. People are taking a shot here and there on these dudes that are super mm-hmm. late round, sixth, seventh round NFL picks, thinking they're the next one. But we all know that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, it's it's probably not likely. But if it is, you know, I like right, to. Right, right. And I like Bennett and I like Hayner to be that yeah. guy. Stetson Bennett could be the Rams starter for 10 games this year. I would probably add uh I would probably add the UCLA quarterback there. I know he's he's yeah. behind Sean Watson. I'd put him in there at 10, I think. And, and I think that's where he belongs in that tier. DTR. I mean, that's not much different than these most of these guys but he absolutely needs an injury you know he it's not like Stafford's going to retire or Kyler's not going to come back right Watson Watson could be the worst quarterback in the league and they're not going to bench him let's move on to running backs here B. John mm-hmm. Robinson the apple of every fantasy drafters eye Atlanta Falcons pick number eight overall is the number one running back in any format you play among rookies and he's getting drafted high in redraft leagues as a first round player my question is how much how much is, you know, I mean, they had a thousand yard rookie back last year. So, so yeah. is it going to be just all his backfield? You think it would be since he was the eighth pick in the draft, but is there a chance that one of these other rookies actually outproduces Bijan Robinson now? I think it's possible. I mean, Jameer Gibbs is the obvious other one that's going to get, you know, has first round capital, you know, isn't really blocked. I mean, those two are standalone in the running back ranks this year. Um, it's possible, but if you use the eighth pick in the draft on what I think is the best running back prospect that I've ever seen, I mean, he deserves to be one, one in every rookie draft. And how about this BP? I mean, he is already the, the, the highest ranked, the most valuable dynasty running back period over McCaffrey, over Jonathan Taylor, Brees Hall, you know, like that's how this works. Like Barkley was the same way before he ever put on a giants uniform. He was the first running back drafted in the entire dynasty community because it goes back to your point all the time. These guys just don't last. I mean, you almost have to take when you, when you rank running backs, not rookies so much, it's almost not that much different than redraft rankings, you know, thinking about, Oh, I can hang on this guy for four years and he'll be fine. Don't think that way. You know, like we'll talk about Tajay Spears here pretty soon. Okay, he doesn't have an ACL. So he's only going to play, what, three or four years? He's what, what's that, Why is that different than Israel Bonaconda or Evan Hall? Or, you know <laughs> yeah. I mean? They all are going to play three or four years. It just gives you a reason not to buy into that running back that's getting into his second contract because he doesn't get a second contract. Right, right, right. Exactly. You know, if it, one of the smartest, you wouldn't know who he is, but he's the commissioner of one of our leagues. I, I watch he does it every year, and he's always in the running for the dynasty title. He always has a great stable of running backs. And when they get to be about the third or fourth year, he dumps them for future first and just keeps drafting running backs. And he always has guys that are like three years or younger at the running back position. And he has lots of them and churned, you know, like he's dumping Nick Chubb right now, you know, before before he turns into Dalvin Cook status and he's getting future first for him and drafting running backs with him. Like if you can pull that off, it, it works well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So what's the gap here between uh, Bijan Robinson at number one and RB2 Jameer Gibbs? So super flex aside, they're clearly the top two picks for me. I mean, like again, there's no Jamar Chase. So I think there's 
maybe a smaller gap than people realize. Bijan's one, Gibbs is two. We can talk about who's three or whatever, but they're almost every league you look at, they're the first two picks, as they should be. Because, you know, we talked about running as the cheat code for quarterbacks. It's not quite to that extreme, but catching the footballs is a, is a cheat code for running backs. And Gibbs is going to have a lot of receptions. I know there was a, a big gap in where they were drafted. James Cook was a second rounder last year, but I think there yeah. could potentially be a slower start than people are realizing with Jameer Gibbs being mm-hmm. that every down sort of a player, even if he's valuable and he's explosive, he's not a tackle breaker. So he might not get a lot of early down work with, you know, David Montgomery in town. And Montgomery's a very good receiver and a bigger bodied and, and probably a better pass protector day one. That's where least. I was going. I, yeah. I mean, anytime that people get too excited about these running backs, because half the guys we're going to talk about are not NFL caliber pass protectors, and you can't put them out there until they are. All right. This is where the rubber meets the road here. Zach Charbonnet is your RB3, Matt. Yeah. How tough was it to put him over some others, even though he's drafted higher? He's got a lot more competition in his Seattle backfield. So, you know, because we're locked on Dynasty, I had rookie ranks going into the draft. And everyone in the world had Bijan 1, Gibbs 2, Charbonnet 3. No one that we're going to talk about in these rookie ranks got a bigger hit or a loss in value with landing spot than Charbonnet. So he used to go like fifth in rookie drafts. Now you can get him like the end of the first round. I still like the player. Kenneth Walker gets hurt like every running back does as we talk about. Charbonnet is going to be really valuable. But yep. he did take a hit. I mean, there's he's a distant third now. I mean, we we saw with Kenneth Walker last year because he needed injuries for him to become the guy. And then it finally happened. Cool. I got this, you know, this massive dynasty valuable running back. It's like, oh, man, they draft a second round running back the next year. So that's so that's that's what kind of brings me to the next portion of this running back rankings. And and we'll finish up here with with some of the other players is you really like a guy, but he was a mid round pick. If the Seattle Seahawks can draft a second round running back after finding, you know, uh, a rookie of the year candidate running back the year before, then any of these other teams could draft a running back over the top of the guy that you're drafting in your dynasty league and hoping to get a long term player. But the other time, at the same time, you might find a super long term stud that doesn't get someone drafted over the top of them. So uh, let's get into this. This is where I think it gets most interesting on today's episode is the running back rankings. Yeah, from four through, we'll see how far we go 20 maybe in Matt Williamson's. Dynasty rookie running back rankings next. And thank you once again, everybody, all the everydayers out there for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day. Make sure you subscribed up on YouTube. You can find us everywhere you get your podcasts. And and remember, your team is covered right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, Matt. Running back four in 2023 for you in Dynasty Drafts is? Kendra Miller of the Saints. Um Kamara's likely to get suspended. Kamara's on that Dalvin Cook tier of stock is just falling through the floor right now in Dynasty. I don't think Miller's a great player, but landing spot and draft capital are pretty strong. He was drafted pretty high, you know. So what I love about Dynasty Leagues is there's, depending on what your strategy is, different things could happen. For example, in our Locked On Dynasty League, Matt, Mm -hmm. um, Congratulations on your on your successful first year in the league, by the way. You traded me a superstar running back, Derrick Henry, before the yeah, season. Yeah. Because I was all in. I was going all in. I had lost in the finals the year before. I was like, I know you don't trade for older running backs, but I didn't care. I was drafting late yeah, in the rounds, and I was like, give them to me. And it worked out well. I had a good season. But it worked out even better for you because 
you had an even better season than I did your first year in the league in this rebuild and you got extra draft picks out of it. So yeah. Job. And to be honest, I kind of outkicked my coverage to be honest, because I inherited a team. So I kind of looked at it like I want my guys. Henry's still an asset. I, I dumped a couple other similar players for picks, youth, total rebuild. And it worked out. But I mean, part of it was because I picked up Brock Purdy in week 10 for nothing, you know, something like that. But I was kind of ahead of a head of schedule there. So that, that that league worked out quite well. Yeah. Sometimes better be lucky than good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That wasn't the plan. I didn't think I was a contender. For those listening, I was good. He was lucky. That's that we'll, we'll exactly. <laughs> I also uh, benefited from the Demar Hamlin game quite a bit. As oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. So yeah. many things I in my in my most high-priced leagues, that game destroyed me. But in this one that we're not playing for anything, it was it benefited me. So, man, just for pride know. versus the other hosts, <laughs> right? But I get to talk about this one on the air. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's worth more than money, Matt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Banners hang forever. So Robinson, Gibbs, Charbonnet, Kendra Miller is running back four for you, Matt. And yeah, this uh, area. Let's is go through the rest of these. We got Tajay Spears is running back five. Tank Bigsby six, and Devin A. Chain seven. So let's start with A-Chain. So I talked about my pre-draft ranks, and I had A-Chain at like 10 because he's tiny. I mean, I know he's different than most, and he can handle and run between the tackles, and you know he can break tackles here and there. History just shows when you're that size, you're bad at fantasy. And so I was he wasn't for me. And I even said on the air going into the draft, the only way I would consider really bumping him up is – if he lands with the Dolphins. Well, he lands with the Dolphins. And <laughs> I moved him to seven. The rest of the world has him fighting Charbonnet at three. Like, he's going, he went sixth overall in a rookie draft I just did. And eight or ninth. And not to me. I mean, I, I think his landing spot is wonderful. I don't know how many times he's going to see the field, though. Like, I, maybe I'm wrong on him. But I'm very low on A-chain compared to consensus. Yeah, the, the hype's getting a little weird with A-Chain right now. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I would have been all about it. I was like, ooh, good landing spot. If you get him at running back 10, okay, I, I'm with it. See right. He, he's got stash him, you know. But if, if you're expecting that role from him, I don't see how because he just projects as a return man, change of pace guy. Uh, period. Right. That's how he projects. And he could be an amazing one of those. And he's super athletic, but he's small. He's not going to be a guy who carries the load. And if he carries the load, traditionally, those guys don't last that long. So, uh, we'll see what it ends up looking like. And, you know, he's got competition to get carries too and touches. Right, so, right. you know, even if, he's, even if he's useful in the passing game, it's, it's, it's possible in year one that a chain has, you know, is a kick returner and has, I don't know, end around guys and, and right, yeah. on the season. Yeah, right. Exactly. And so he, he's not for me. He kind of reminds me of the Ted Ginn, Deshaun Jackson wide receiver. Like, Oh, in yeah. best ball, you know, he might have an 80-yarder in week 10 and win you in the week, but he might get you two points other weeks. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, that's not for me unless you're playing best ball. We'll see what it looks like with A-Chain. But, yeah, a mm -hmm. little, little much on the hype train for for A-Chain because of his profile for me. Uh, yeah. Ty J. Spears, an interesting one. You mentioned him. I love how fun he is to watch. Yeah. I don't know if there's a path for him to play. And he's kind of one of those guys where he's going to end up timesharing even – after this year, if he ends up with the role, he's kind of going to have another guy at some point who will get drafted and, and added to the mix later. So from a from a dynasty perspective, I'm kind of lower on A-Chain and, and Spears both than, than most people, I think. I understand that. And 
most years, again, Spears would not be my fifth running back. I mean, there's a lot of questions. He's missing an ACL. He's behind Derrick Henry. To your point, can he be a 20 to 25 touch guy? I have my doubts. Even if Henry is traded at the trade deadline, they'll probably sign or draft a 240 pound back that's not named Derrick Henry. You know what I mean? Like that always comes at this position. Like you, you, you think you're so smart as a dynasty owner that you know, Chase Brown's going to take over for Joe Mixon. Well, then they draft one in the second round and just ruin your dreams because <laughs> there's so many of them. Uh, speaking of Chase Brown, I think the next group of running backs is the ones I would be targeting personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a dynasty owner versus chasing some of the the A-chains and the Spears of the world, because you can get them later, and I don't think there's a big difference in value. And that starts with your running back eight, Zach Evans, nine, Roshan Johnson, Bears running back, and uh, Chase Brown, and even Evan Hull, who are 10 and 11 for you. Evan Hull's are really interesting. They could they could uh, carve out a, a pass-catching role in the NFL early in his career. Evan Hull's one of my favorites, and never is mentioned in this neighborhood I expect him to be Jonathan Taylor's true backup that also can catch the ball. And that that offense is going to run the ball really well. Back to our Richardson conversation. Hull's already good in protection. Coaches adore him. Um, I think he's an easy one. You know, Chase Brown looks like Mixon's true handcuff, which has a lot of value. And who knows how long Mixon will be around. Zach Evans was a late pick, but... All he really has for competitions, Cam Akers. I mean, there's some other dudes there, but that was a five-star recruit. And, you know, the Rams would have traded Cam Akers for a bag of bag chips. Bag of chips, right? We both said a bag of chips at the same time. That's funny. <laughs> that, was the value. that was the that that was the exact value. one bag of chips. It didn't. Uh, I think it was Schefter who's like, uh, they're asking for a bag of chips. Can't find it. Nobody will do it. But Can like Roshan Johnson, I don't like his. Do you like Roshan's landing spot? I mean, they signed Foreman and Herbert's there. And I I, see here the reason I don't like it is because they signed a running back that fits his role, kind of, you know, as a bigger back. And then I like Herbert, and I think Herbert should be the number one there. So that means he's the three. But at the same time, Herbert's got some injury. I think, you know, and, you know, they're one-year deals. So going to pillage stuff. And- there is a path to him, and I like it, but it has to be for the right price. But I do like Roshan Johnson. I like his landing spot. And, you know, next year he could be the number one. There, so Pretty there's good. kind of a path there, but it is murky. And I think it's not quite like the Seattle backfield, but it's like you just – if you can get a value on any of those running backs with the Bears, you take it. But there's it's hard to expect a ton just because you don't know how the, the touches are going to shake out. Mm-hmm. And there are backs in Dynasty – that are like, this is Isaiah Pacheco land a year ago. You know, like when we look back, were we really that worried about McKinnon and Clyde Edwards Alaire? You know, like it happens every year where a young guy gets on the field, he has fresh legs and is in a good offense. I mean, that could be Evan Hall. After Hull at 11, let's go through this really quick. So people remember what the rankings are. We got Robinson. This one's a decent example too. Okay. So we got Robinson Gibbs, Charbonnet, one, two, three. Then it's, Miller, Spears, Tank Bigsby, Devin A. Chain, Zach Evans, Roshan Johnson, Chase Brown, and Evan Hull at 11, which brings us to Chris Rodriguez at 12, Eric Gray, 13, Izzy Abanaconda at 14, Sean Tucker, 15. Uh, I don't know where the tiers break for you. I'm just going to go through your list of 20 here. Yeah, these are pretty low down the list. Right. Uh, so uh, Abanaconda, 14, Sean Tucker, 15, Dwayne McBride, 16, uh, Tyon Evans, 17. Kenny McIntosh, some might know his name, at 18. Uh, Daenerys Prince at 19. And the five five Deuce Vaughn 
at 20. Kenny McIntosh, disrespect, not only by teams in the draft, Matt, but by your dynasty rankings as well. I know. I like him a lot, but they draft a running back every year, and he was a second one drafted this year. And he could catch a lot of balls, but I I mean, his landing spot's brutal. I mean, so like going into the draft, he was like 12th for me, but I had to dump him to 18 because – Maybe he doesn't even make the team. I don't know. I mean, or is it practice? You would guy? almost hope that he does like get waived and another team yeah. claims him. That'd be better for his fantasy perspectives. It would. And at the running back position, some of these dudes didn't even get drafted in the NFL. You know, like you, it's not uncommon to see fourth round dynasty rookie selections of undrafted free agents. Right. And, you know, so guys with speed, guys that are in a yeah. good situation. Um, and there's a lot of talented running backs. And it's, it's the position that undrafted free agents can can really um, can really shine in the NFL and, and sometimes very early in their careers. Chris Rodriguez so, is 12 those as a player. I that's the one I wanted to mention. And, and we can wrap up. So Ryan's crush going into the, the draft was Izzy Avocado. So that okay. broke his heart because, I mean, Brees Hall. And unless we're missing something, is Hall more injured than we know, or you know what I mean? And Izzy fits that that Niner system really well, but boy, they also have Carter. Like his landing spot hurt his stock bad. Where Rodriguez is the opposite. I mean, for people who don't know, he's a commander. Well, Tayshon you know, Gibson's um, Antonio Gibson's free, a free agent after this year. Robinson's fine, but Chris Rodriguez might be as good as Robinson. They're similar, hard charging dudes. Like, there's really nothing in front of them that's that scary by running back ranks. And, of course, all of these guys are one play away from jumping exactly. up in the depth chart, and some of them means that they're one play away from being RB1 on their respective NFL teams. So, yeah, many of these guys will be at some point in the year. Who's your Who's your guy? Who's the league winner this year, Matt, of the quarterbacks and running backs? Ooh. Hmm. We didn't talk about Tank Bigsby much, and I like ATN. But Bigsby might lead that team in carries. Ooh, okay, there we go. Tank Jaguars. Bigsby. Yeah, yeah. I've been getting him a lot mid-second round. I like it. I like that a lot. All right, fantastic stuff. That is Matt Williamson's Dynasty quarterback and running back rankings for 2023. Uh, let us know how you feel about them. If you love the rankings, as always, you can find me on Twitter at BD Peacock. If you did not like the rankings, Matt is at <laughs> Williamson NFL. Tomorrow, we're going to come back and talk pass catchers, wide receivers, and tight ends in 2023 Dynasty drafts. Right here, Peacock and Williamson. <laughs>